0: Well, next week we're going to watch the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. (laughs) And we're going to start this brand new series called The Separation Between Church and Hate. That our country is the most politically divided that we have seen it in decades. And I think that this election will be the most politically contentious that we've seen in our generation. And so how does a Christian respond? Whether you are a Republican or a Democrat or somewhere in between, that as followers of Jesus we have a higher authority in our life. And so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to kick that off next Sunday. And of course, because it's Super Bowl weekend, we're going to have a super Saturday service at 6 o'clock instead of our Sunday night service. And so if you would like to come and be a part of our Saturday night service so then you can, you know, watch football all day long, that'd be great. But I won't be here at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. So I hope you can join us for that. Well, hey, welcome, everybody. So great to have you at the Crossing, let me just welcome all of those who are joining us, the Crossing Midtown, the Crossing West Henderson, those watching online, our microsites, can we just give them a great big welcome right now? We love you guys, God, you're part of the Crossing family with us. Well, we are concluding our series that we've been calling Letters from Your Future Self. And here's the theme of the series, the theme of the series is the decisions you make today will shape your tomorrow. We obviously can't go back to our younger self and give us the advice and the wisdom on based on what we have learned. But what we can do is we can make better decisions today that will shape who we become tomorrow and all that God desires for us to be. So to get us going today, let me just give you a few scenarios. Here's the first one. That when you're a student, maybe you blew off class all semester, and the final was coming up, and you knew that if you got an A on the final that you would pass the class. So to make up for a semester's worth of goofing off, you think you can do that in one test. Well, that never turns out well. The reason that you can't get an A on the final is because you didn't consistently do the work all along. Second scenario, this is the time of year that gyms are packed You know, everyone decides this is going to be the year that I'm going to have a beach body. And so they start showing up to the gym three days a week. And after a few weeks, they get on the scale, and the scale has not budged much. The beach bod is still a dad bod because they're trying to overcome three years' worth of bad habits in three weeks. And you don't get a beach bod by showing up to the gym occasionally. Or think about this one. Think about money. Now, experts say that, that they think you ought to have a million dollars in the bank when you retire so that you can, you know, last all the way through your retirement. Well, there are several ways to become a millionaire, that you can win the lottery. A lot of people, that is their, you know, plan for being financially secure is to win the lottery. You can inherit it or you can save it. And so if you are in your 20s, if you're in your 20s, you decide, I am going to change my future. Instead of buying a latte every day for breakfast and a soda for lunch, you decide that you're going to make your coffee at home and you're going to get water at the restaurant, and you take that $5 that you save a day and invest it, by the time you get to retirement age, you will have saved a million dollars. So the same thing is true spiritually. You can't shortcut your spiritual life. You can't do something occasionally and expect different results. Today, we're going to talk about this as we conclude. We're going to talk about consistency over occasionally. Now, what I've done with this series is I've tried to share some things that have been these huge learnings for me and then to take a Bible passage that has helped me break a stronghold or to change the direction in my life. You know, because here's the deal, is that we all face these things. The reason I've shared these is these are things that we all deal with in our life, but we just don't talk about them very much. Now, I wish I had a few more weeks in this series that I could kind of tell you some of these huge learnings that I have, but I have run out of time before I've run out of learnings for you, so maybe some other day I will share some of those. But today, I want to share all of this through the filter of leadership, through leadership, that everyone here leads something, that you are a leader of something. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9. And let me just set the scenario for you, set the scene for what is happening here, is that at this point, Jesus is still really popular. And there are three people who come up to Jesus, and they say that they want to follow him. But they want to follow him in such a way that it doesn't really require anything from them. They want this no-strings relationship with Jesus that they want to do occasionally and get the benefits of consistency. So we're going to start this off, Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 57. It says, As they were walking along the road, A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. This right here, this is a powerful word. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. This means there's no conditions. He's not negotiating with Jesus. He's not giving Jesus an ultimatum. He just says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says this. Jesus says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus says, hey, bro, you know I'm homeless, don't you? You know, you're welcome to join me, but I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. Are you in? In other words, you can follow Jesus or you can follow comfort, but you can't follow Jesus and follow comfort at the same time. And I think most of us will come to this crossroads in our life where we will have to choose between following Jesus and following comfort, between God's dream for us and the American dream for us. This is the same chapter where Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now, when Jesus said that, I wonder if the disciples were thinking this. This isn't in the, in the Bible. I just wonder if they're thinking, Jesus, that's not very appealing. Jesus, no one has a good image of the cross. And us disciples, that we were talking with one another, and we think if you would say that a little bit different, people would want to follow you. It's like, I'll follow you wherever you go. But I think sometimes what they mean is, I'll follow you wherever you go as long as where you're going is where I was heading Anyway. It's like my wife and I trying to decide where we're going to go have dinner. And so the conversation will be something like this. Well, well how's, pizza, how's pizza sound? I'm just not in the mood for pizza. in and out Well, I don't want to eat something that's that unhealthy. Chick-fil-A? Well, that's too far of a drive. How about Chipotle? Well, I just had that yesterday. Sushi? Well, that doesn't sound good to me, but if that sounds good to you, I guess we can have that. See, I wonder if we sound the same way to Jesus. I want to do whatever you tell me to do is what you want me to do is the same thing as what I want to do. I want to date whoever you want me to date as long as you want me to date her. I want to live wherever you want me to live as long as where you want me to live is where I want to live. And I think we can slip into that mindset as a church as well. You see, we just say, God, as a church, we'll just do whatever you want us to do as long as what you want us to do feels comfortable. Saying yes to Jesus almost always means saying no to comfort. Well, there's a second encounter. It says that he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, this doesn't sound very pastoral of Jesus. This doesn't sound very Jesus-y of Jesus. Let the dead bury their own dead. I mean, this is his dad. We're talking about his dad. But here's what this guy was saying. Is when my dad dies, I would like to follow you. Because his dad's not dead yet. If his dad was dead, he wouldn't be there. He would be at his dad's funeral because the custom was as soon as somebody died, you would immediately bury them because they didn't practice embalming at this point, and so you would immediately have them buried. Maybe his dad's in bad health, or maybe his dad just had a bad cold this week. But what this guy is really saying is when I get things worked out and sorted out, I'll follow you. I've got to get things worked out and sorted out first. When my dad dies, I get the inheritance. I'll be financially secure. That will be a good time to follow you, Jesus. See, this guy has no idea what hangs in the balance of this invitation. Do you know what this guy's name was? No, we never will. Because he didn't accept Jesus' invitation. Anytime Jesus calls you to do something and the first words out of your mouth is the word first, that's a problem. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of your yes to Jesus. It says, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family this sounds so benign i mean what could be wrong with saying goodbye to your family but we know that there is something below the surface here there's there's a heart issue here that jesus knows about and jesus replied no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of god now the way that they would plow of course they didn't have tractors back then the way that they would plow is they would have an ox or oxen that would be attached to their plow, and they would hold it like this, and the blade would be in the center, and so they would walk behind the oxen. But if they're doing this, then they're going to go off on this other route. It's like when some of you drive, and i watch it because I'm right next to you. You'll be like this, and you'll turn around maybe to yell at your kids, and you'll go like this. I mean, I'm like, and I'm next to you, and I'm trying to swerve out of your way as you're doing this. When my son was about 10 or 11 years old, I decided I was going to teach him how to mow the lawn. Now, here's what you need to know about me. I like perfectly straight lines on my lawn. I want them to be just perfectly straight. And I think my son knew, hey, I only need to mess this up once, and I'll never have to do this again. (laughs) So he's out there struggling and, you know, kind of like this, and finally I'm just like, I got it. I got it. Just go inside. And he never had to mow the lawn again, you know, because I wanted perfectly straight lawns. I do weddings often, and whenever I do weddings, I lead the couple in some vows. I'll ask them, do you promise to forsake all others, keeping yourself for them only, so long as you both shall live? It is an expression of love. It is saying, I am giving my whole heart to you. Now, if he says, I guess, if she's like, I have to, That is a good time to run. I mean, you get out of that right at that moment. What this guy is saying is, I'm not ready to leave my old old life. I kind of want to serve you, but I'm distracted by what I've left behind. And Jesus says what he says to him, and he says what he says to you because he loves you. He knows that it won't work out if he doesn't have your whole heart. See, here's the thing, as long as your priority is comfort, or as long as everything has to be worked out and sorted out first, or as long as you're not wholeheartedly in, it is not going to work out. Here's this idea for today, this big idea, is that small, consistent choices today equal large, impactful results tomorrow. This is true in every area of your life. This is true working out. This is true in money. This is true at school. But this is especially true spiritually, that small, consistent choices today lead to large, impactful results tomorrow. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to be one of those pastors that spoke all over the country, I want to be one of those well-known pastors who, who kind of got all of these invitations to do things. And so I accepted every invitation to speak at a conference or a convention or a church that I was asked to speak at. And what I found was that the pressure just stressed me out. Because whenever you go speak at a big conference or a big convention like that, everybody in the audience is like, I want to hear the best message I've ever heard in my life. And the pressure of that just stressed me out. And sitting in airports 12 hours a day is not very glamorous. And what I realized that my greatest strength was just to serve my local community day in and day out. To consistently love people and serve God right where he had placed me. There's this brand new book out called The Compound Effect. And I was reading this book this week preparing for this message. And the idea is that that you don't see changes all at once. It is over time that there is a compound effect that builds in your life. For instance, in this book, he talks about this idea, would you rather have $3 million today or one penny that doubles every day for a month? Now, by asking that question, you're like, well, I think I'd rather have the $3 million, but it's probably the penny. So we'll just kind of go with that. So let's just say, I take the $3 million and you get the penny. On day 10... I have $3 million, and you have $5.12. On day 20, I am spending my millions, and you have $5,243. On day 29, you are getting closer with $2.7 million, and at the end, you end up with $10.7 million, and I still just have my $3 million, which I would take. But I say, still have that. Here, here's the point you don't really see that impact all at once. It is small, consistent choices today equal large, impactful results tomorrow. And it looks like this chart right here is that whatever you do, this is the point that we start getting discouraged. This is the point that we just think, I'm gonna quit, there is no difference. I'm doing all of these small, consistent things day after day, and here's all these other people who don't do them, and their life is exactly the same as mine. And this is the point right here that we want to quit. But see, what begins to happen is your life begins to see the results of consistency time after time, day after day, and The person who chooses just to do something occasionally, it starts to show the results as well. And this happens spiritually to you and I. It is these consistent decisions that will lead to these impactful results. This is this is the 20th anniversary of the crossing this year is. And we're planning a big celebration this fall as we get to celebrate all that God has called us to do. And I often talk to young leaders who come to visit here and maybe they're just starting out and they look around. They look around at how big we are, how big our buildings are, and they always ask the question. They'll go like, "What is the secret of the crossing?" And what they really mean is, "What's the shortcut?" I mean, like, what's the secret formula? What's the secret sauce that I can take so that I can have these results? We've never had explosive growth. When we started the crossing, I would get jealous of other churches because I would see other churches start, and then quickly after they would be running thousands of people. Or a church would move into a new building, and they would double in size. And that's never been the story of the crossing. We have never had explosive growth. (laughs) But we have averaged about 14% growth every year for 19 years. It's been as high as 23% and as low as 3%, but the average has been 14% every year. In fact, we have never had a down year as a church. And this last year, we were recognized as one of the 100 largest churches in the United States. Now... Now, I need to tell you, I don't get caught up in that much. Nobody cares about that list except for the people who are on that list. And I didn't even know we were on that list until I got a magazine sent to us that told us that we were on that list. And then I looked at the list, and I noticed churches that weren't on the list, and so maybe we don't even belong on the list. I I don't know. But here's the point. It's consistency. Our philosophy is on a scale of 1 to 10. We want our services to be a 7 or 8 every week. Sometimes they'll be a 10, but they'll never be a 2. It's just consistent week after week after week. The real secret of the crossing is we have a bunch of people who consistently live out their faith day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And so I'm going to ask you a hard question. And for some of you, this may feel offensive to you. But I just want to kind of press on you just a little bit. Have you been operating as a consumer or someone who is consistent? Have you been operating as a consumer? as like, I I want it all to be about me or somebody who is consistent. I want to challenge you in four areas, to be consistent in four areas, to pray, give, invite, and serve, to pray, give, invite, and serve, to be consistent in prayer. Here's what we need. We need thousands of people at the crossing who are consistent in prayer. That you're praying for this church on a daily basis. You're praying for our leaders. You're praying for our community. You're praying for those who are far from Jesus, who are far from God. You're praying that we can have an impact on them. That you would have a reminder that would just remind you to pray for the crossing on a daily basis. Maybe you drive by the building. Maybe you drive by one of our campuses and it's just a reminder, I need to pray for our church. I need to pray for those who are far from God. That you would just be consistent in prayer. That you would give. That you would go from being an occasional giver to a consistent giver. Whatever that means for you. To just be consistent on a regular basis, that I'm going to consistently give and be generous to the cause of Christ at this place. That I'm just going to be consistent in my giving and see what God begins to do. That you would invite, that you would invite statistically 75% of people who were invited by someone they know to church will come. The 75% of the people who are invited to church by someone that they know they will come. So, who is your one? Who is the person that you're praying for? Who is the person in your life that you are investing in that relationship? And when the opportunity is right, you invite them to take their next step. You invite them to take their next step with Jesus or to take their next step to coming to church. Who is your one? Let me just do a little experiment here. I just want to ask a few questions and just raise your hand if this applies to you. How many of you came here for the first time primarily because you saw one of our commercials on TV or heard it on the radio or saw one of our billboards? Just raise your hand. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. that's weird. That's not more than that, but okay. Okay, how about this one? How many of you came because a stranger knocked on your door or left a pamphlet underneath your windshield wipers? Raise your hand. You came for the first time. Nobody? Okay. This is getting awkward. Okay. Here, here's this last one. How many of you came for the first time because someone you know, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, invited you or invited someone in your family to come? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Let's just do that. How about we just do that? That we just consistently invite people in our life. And then here's the last one. It's to serve. It's to pray, give, invite, and serve. We have a group at the crossing that we call our activators. Activators are those who serve in different areas. Now, let me tell you where this word comes from. Like when you're in science, if you activate something, what happens is you bring two compounds together And then there is a reaction. There is this reaction that happens. It's this explosive reaction. That's the idea. Is that these are just people who serve at the crossing. And we come together. And when we come together and serve together, there is a reaction. Activators are the people who make sure that you can find a parking space when you pull in. Activators are those who greet you and serve you coffee. Activators are the ones who teach your kids every Sunday and they lead rooted groups. Activators are the ones who pray for you and give generously. Activators are the ones who make sure that our campuses are secure, that we are safe at this place. See, our activators consistently serve helping people discover Jesus in the journey, that they play a small role in a bigger impact. And we had a gathering on Friday night with four or 500 of our activators at our Midtown location. Our Midtown location hosted us. There's a bunch of them around here today that are wearing T-shirts, activator T-shirts. These are people who serve at the crossing. Let me tell you about some of them. Zeke. Zeke arranges his work schedule so that he can serve with our lighting team creating moments in this room. Zeke becomes a domino. Angie organizes the team who does Spanish interpretation at Midtown. Angie becomes a domino. Don and Dick volunteer a significant amount of time doing carpentry work and set design. They become a domino. Ashley runs our social media at West Henderson. Ashley becomes a domino. Andy leads out our worship teams for CR and Men's Breakfast. Andy becomes a domino. Jasmine leads teams to Peru and Cambodia. She becomes a domino. Alan leads our volunteers in Kids Crossing. Alan becomes a domino. Deanne volunteers on a team overseeing our finances. Deanne becomes a domino. Sam and Angie help get married. Married couples plugged in to a life group. They become a domino. Steve shows up every Monday to lead out our people who are completing a community service sentence and doing that on our campus. Steve becomes a domino. Sydney is part of our young adult ministry and serves in our next step environment. Sydney becomes a domino. Dawn shows up every Monday to serve on our count team, making sure that every dollar that is given is maximized for ministry. Don becomes a domino. David is is a small group leader for a group of teenage boys and then stays until every last one is gone and everything is cleaned up. David becomes a domino. Mike plays bass guitar in our band knowing that he won't be able to get out of bed on Monday morning because of a rare muscular degenerative disease that he suffers with. Mike becomes a domino. So why do these people do this? Why do these people do this? Because they understand that consistently serving God in their way, in their small way, creates this reaction that activates other people. What they understand is, is that when they consistently serve God, that their service, it creates this domino effect. It's one life that impacts another life, that impacts another life, and it begins to gain momentum. It begins to be something bigger than any of us. See, all of us, we're just one domino. But when we come together, when we serve together, when we use our little place, God does something bigger with us. See, that is the power of being consistent just this consistently week after week after week, and I want you to experience what they've experienced. We have a place for you. We have a place for you. I want you to take your next step, and I have an easy way for you to take a next step, that you already have your phones in your hands. You've been scrolling through Instagram as it is. (laughs) If you text activator to this number right here, you'll get back a link, and we can start the conversation. You'll get back a link of a form of different areas that you can volunteer around this place and use your gifts and the place that God has placed you. You just text activator to this, and we want to start the conversation. Or if you want to go out into the lobby, just go to the next step table, and we'll tell you about how you can get plugged in to this place. And so as part of this series, we've been memorizing a memory verse together, and I've been sharing a, a letter From my future self. So here's our memory verse for today. It's therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Some of you are panicked because this seems really long. So I'm going to make this a little bit easier on you. We'll just do this part right here, okay? So we're going to do this like we've done every week. I'm going to say the first part. You can repeat after me. And then we'll say it all together. Then we'll take it off the screen because you will have it by then. Okay? So are you ready? Um, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Okay, now let's say this all together, okay? I, I felt like some of you were struggling. But we're going to get this, Okay. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Okay, let's take this off. You've got it. You've got it. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That God uses you for a bigger impact. So here's my letter for this week. Dear Shane, You're going to be tempted to compare yourself to successful people and feel like you could never measure up, so you might not even try. Don't fall for that. You don't have to be the smartest, the most talented, or gifted to make an impact in God's kingdom. Just be consistent. In fact, you may not even notice any major progress for years. But when you love people and serve God consistently day after day in the place that God has planted you, and you surround yourself with other people who are committed to doing the same, you will get to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself. This is how the kingdom of God works. So, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, signed, your future self. So I want to pray with you. And I just believe that maybe God is just nudging you, saying there is an area of your life to be consistent. Where God is saying, I want you to consistently serve, or I want you to consistently invite, to consistently give, to pray. And maybe God's saying, okay, it's time It's time for you. So I want to ask you just to bow your heads, and I'm going to give you just a moment just to talk to God, and then I'll close us in prayer. So, God, that's our prayer. God, that we want our faith to be described as just consistently following Jesus. That we don't have to be the best. We don't have to be the smartest. We don't have to have our life all together. But we are just consistently following Jesus day after day, week after week, year after year. And you begin to use us for a greater impact. So God, would you do that through us. God, thank you for allowing us to be part of something that you do to change lives. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.